Welcome to the Maker and the Merchant with Fergus Elias and Lee Isaacs. I mean, you can just host this yourself if you're so good at fixing the microphone and making it work. Carry on. All I'm saying, different USB port. Yeah, well, you know, we're not all the wine-making genius, are we? Well, it's a tough life. Although it's nice to see that you have returned interfrastically to the pod. <laughs> Having been away for about a decade. Many thanks. You've been busy? Uh, yeah, I've been, oh, been, 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 been doing some bits, you know. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. good. How's your thumb? It's fine. Yeah? Yeah. Want to talk about it? Not really. All right. No. No. It's fine. That's a shame. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, I just thought that we could, we could have five to ten minutes of dialogue about your thumb. I, I did take the piss out of you for your insurance vocal didn't I? Did you see my car has four wheels now? It has four wheels. Four yes. wheels. It's and also not the same car. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> You've got all the set, all the right wheels, just not necessarily in the right order. No, indeed, indeed. Uh, how the devil are you? I'm alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed your episode with Mike. I, I think Mike's still in therapy, well, recovering from... I mean, it was nearly an hour. It's a long time to spend... In therapy. Talking to you. It is. It is. Um, he's he's kind of disappeared off socials a little bit. I think it's just it's taken its toll on the man. I mean, it's aged him literally think, minutes. I think he's uh, taken himself off your socials. Ah, quite prolific tweeter at the moment. That's strange. That's what a lot of people do. They uh, very very busy. The old L blocker. Quite a lot of quite a lot of content coming out of Bin Two. Uh, um, and all of tremendous value. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That, so that's quite a good place to start. Actually, I would. Um, I think firstly, like start this episode. Obviously, our recording has been <clears throat> rather sporadic of late because somebody claims to be a winemaker, even though we all know that yeast is actually doing the job. Because winemakers are just lazy, aren't they? Um, but uh, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Mike, who obviously stepped in as co-host on the last episode, but also acknowledge Mike's um, bravery and decency at opening up about his experiences of a very challenging subject uh we were talking about mental health and he relayed a lot of his own experiences and that's incredibly difficult to do um to the point where i still don't have the level of bravery to do it myself i'll just deflect with humor but it's a good job i'm really funny so that's fine but a a huge thanks to mike for not only for stepping in but for talking about some very difficult things uh and providing a a very safe space in which uh other people could talk about them namely me but i spectacularly failed to do so and have continued to do so or not do so as the case might be um, but uh, it was it, one of my favourite episodes. I have to say, listening to it, even though I wasn't involved, I was all, I was I was almost sad. Not well, I was sad not to be. Of course, it, I was sad not it, to be it's involved. It's quite funny. Our, our listeners said it was their favourite episode as well, even though you, you weren't. Maybe because of. Yeah. I mean, after therefore because of. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was. I was really yeah. I was really proud of the of the pair of you. I thought you both you both approached a subject which is very delicate, um, and shouldn't be, and you approached it with real openness and honesty. And I thought it was well, fabulous to listen to. Um, Bethan actually, so Bethan, when we go to bed, I always like to have some audio on. No, yes, yes. no, Lee, get your mind out of the gutter. I'm just I'm a man who always when I was growing up, I'd have an audio book on in the background. That was that was just my thing. Nowadays, it's actually still an audiobook usually, but... I'll during... tell you what, that caterpillar is still hungry. I can't believe it. Um, but no, the, this, the, during harvest, 
Um, so, sorry. What usually happens is I put the audiobook on, Bethan falls asleep. And that's fine, that's fine, because I'm the one that's listening to it. I'm the one who's appreciating that's it. Fine. And it's, it's lucky that she doesn't find it distracting, it doesn't keep her up. Um, because I'd still do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, actually, I listened to the episode, well, I listened to it as a, pre, as a pre-cut, and then after it went live on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the Spotify one as I went to bed, and I fell asleep because it was Harvest. And because, well, my voice was on there. Well, that, I usually have that effect. Yeah, that too. But it was Harvest, and I was actually a little bit tired because I'd only been in the hot tub for about an hour that day. And, you know, the yeast was a bit lazy, so I had to buy some more packet yeast. Um, and uh, a, b- a bad worker blames his yeast tools. Yeast. <laughs> yeast. Yeast tools. Um, but I'd fallen asleep, and actually, Bethan stayed up and listened to the whole thing. Um, which is that why she's not here right now as we record in your house and I'm in your house yeah she said she'd come when she's you'd gone avoiding me yeah she there's a safe word um, okay yeah uh, yeah she wasn't aware you were staying <laughs> Lee has left the building <laughs> like Elvis I don't do an encore um, the main reason I don't do an encore is you can't get me off the stage once I've started yeah because I obviously brother. like the limelight part mm-hmm. too much don't I but yeah, the point I was trying to make is she doesn't usually stay up for a whole episode of TM and TM. She usually breaks it down over three or four car journeys to work. Um, but in the case of, of, of your episode, Mike... It, she, in this episode, Mike did. Boyne was heavily featured, so... I mean, he's you know, a sexy man. He is, he, and it's his voice. He's, got, he's, he's not just a sexy man physically. He's got a beautiful voice. He's a sexy man mentally, emotionally, mm. spiritually, vocally. So, yeah. He's got the full package. I really don't like him, to be and honest. And he's funny. And, <laughs> and he, yes, that's that's the word on the street. Um, but a, a, a huge thanks to Mike for, for doing that. And um, there's actually been a really positive response to it. And it, it seems that there, there were some people out there who listened to that and then found it a bit easy to speak about their own mental health. And if, if we've achieved that for just one person listening, then I think that's a, a really, really great thing because it's still very difficult to to do that. Um, but I would also, I, I think I need to issue an apology here because, um, you know, we've not been very present at TM and TM over the last few weeks and you have a legitimate reason, despite the fact that I enjoy taking the piss out of you, uh, because we've seen a mega vintage for English wine and you are a head winemaker, so you've been extraordinarily busy. I, on the other hand, have just been stewing in my own sort of anxieties and fears and depression and taken my eye completely off the ball and done absolutely nothing to keep the good show TM and TM oh, so uh, sailing re- So you've running. been reading Russian literature then? I do love Russian. What I love about, right, if you look at literature, right... I didn't actually ask for a monologue on Russian in, in, English literature. <laughs> English literature is, I will die for honour. Yeah. And French literature is, I will die for love. Mm-hmm. And American literature is, I will die for freedom. And Russian literature is, I will die... <laughs> wonderful <laughs> love it um, but I have very much taken my eye off the ball and let down our dear listener uh, and also you um, because I've done absolutely nothing to keep TM and TM going which should have been my duties given that you were legitimately busy so uh, well, I, 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 I apologise to uh, you and to our dear listener for, for not keeping TM and TM going that is uh, squarely on me uh, because I'm a pathetic human being anyway oh, the key so thing good. here Ferg is yeah. Uh, I would like to ask you if you've been busy, and, and before I give you the space to say anything, right? Um, Four hundred thousand vines hand harvested. Yep. Thousands of hours worked. Yep. One hundred and forty-eight crumpets eaten. Yep. Seven kilos of coffee consumed. Yep. 
There was actually also that seven kilos of the instant. There were there were three and a half kilos of beans as well. The, I mean beans is the yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Drink the reason it. it's called ground coffee mm. is because it's come from the ground. It's like you want fresh. Yeah. Anyway, enough grapes for eight hundred and seventy thousand bottles. Yep. Eight hundred and twenty tons pressed. One hundred and twelve yep. tanks in constant use. Yep. Sixteen million grape clusters harvested. That is surely Nummervang. That is number bang. Das is das number, is number bang. bang. Um, and do you know what? I actually got someone to count every single one of those individual clusters. I should hope so. Could you get them counting the individual berries next time? Uh, I thought about that, um, but it became time-consuming, and they got RSI in their eyes. How is that, how is that your problem? <laughs> RSI. <laughs> yeah. RSI. RSI. Yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. real problem. Yeah, no, quite, we were quite busy. So... What was it? Eight, 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 what was it? Eight hundred and twenty tons. Yeah. Right. That's a record for you. Yeah. Right. What, what, what was your greatest tonnage before this 400 vintage? Four hundred and sort of tenish. So you've doubled. Yes. Your tonnage. Yes. How big does my dick look right now? <laughs> well, from where I'm sat, it's not that impressive. But if I just let me move to the other side of the room, and maybe that will improve things. Get a telescope. Um. Talk to me about this vintage because there's, there's been all sorts of stories flying around, sure. headlines, made national press, which is good. Yep. English wine being in the national press, absolutely. Tell me about this vintage. Um, it, it's still something that I'm 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 formulating, and still something I'm trying to get my head around. It, the, the sheer enormity of what we, as English wine as a whole, and we as Balfour and the team at Balfour, managed to do is quite mind-blowing. It was humongous vintage. I mean, we all knew it was going to be big. We, you know, the, the yield estimates were coming in way above what we were expecting, but no one fully appreciated the sheer scale of this harvest. And this this harvest, it, what you have to remember when you when you talk about harvest is your yield is determined, 70% of your yield is determined in the year before. So, Which I've actually alluded to on a previous episode. So, Have you? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's weird because yeah. no one remembers. No, strange. <laughs> okay, so last. Well, well, in which case? Amazing. Seventy percent. What was last vintage like? In a nutshell. Uh, last vintage, hot, hot, and ripe, and delicious, and lovely, and literally perfect climatic conditions, but quite small because twenty twenty one was wet and disease riddled and difficult and tricky and late. Um, so this Are you telling me that everything is connected? We we can't just break it down into a series of easy sound bites and snapshots. Upsettingly, I think that is what I'm saying, yes. Oh my word. I know. There's yeah. no hope for any of us. We're all we're all in a bit of trouble here. Um so yeah, no seventy percent of your yield set the year before. Then we had that ridiculous spring and early summer. You remember May and June where well there was a hose pipe ban. Um, the irony is not lost on me now after <laughs> five months of pissing rain. <laughs> but you know, we, we it was it was perfect conditions at flowering, perfect conditions for that early season. You know, there was no frost in April. Yeah. There was it was nice and hot when it was flowering. Nice shift of breeze. Everything was great. And then it pissed it down for five months. I don't know if I've mentioned that bit. Um. Uh, is that not what you want as a grape grower or a winemaker? Not really. Although, if you believe if you believe some of the stuff that came out in the press, it was actually exactly what I was asking for. Um, um, I, I recall here 
uh, a headline from The Times ah. in August. English wine growers say cheers to a soggy summer. Mm. You're an English winemaker. I am. Were you saying cheers to a soggy summer, was... like Mark Driver at Rathfinney and Andy Hayes at Newhall, who were both mentioned in the article, which is why I mentioned them here. Now be careful, because someone transcribes our podcast and then runs it through a thing and searches key terms so that he can correct us. Um, so well, he's doing a very poor job. <laughs> I've not heard from him for a very long time, and I'm sure pretty much everything I say could be corrected. I'm, I'm going to play... I'm going <laughs> Just because I'm northern and don't speak proper. I've decided that I'm going to play a game over the next sort of six to eight months of this podcast. I'm just going to say random keywords and see what happens. So, today's keyword. Are you ready to hear today's what, keyword? What is today's keyword? Sussex PDO. <laughs> today's show was brought to you by the name... Tony Milanovsky. <laughs> Tony Miller. It's like that thing, isn't it? The CIA has like every email of a sent goes through, goes their, through their database. database. And Scan it for keywords. Kill the president. <laughs> Kill him now. It's awful. Get rid of him. Um, um, so, yeah. Nuclear weaponry. So just be, just be, just be mindful of what you say because otherwise he'll come and tell us if we're not right. A Tony Milanovsky wouldn't do that. That doesn't sound Would like he? a thing, Tony. Oh, well, he did. Something about Burgundy. Oh, there was something said. Because I remember him correcting about... That, uh, this was a moment of pride because he was correcting you, not me. Yeah. Probably because he went, uh, just, uh, there's no point correcting Lee because it's just too big a job. Yeah. Because like, there's so much to correct. He told me that Burgundy was not further north than Italy and then gave me its exact coordinates, which showed that it was ever so slightly <laughs> further north than northern Italy. And it was, well, initially, you couldn't, re- you couldn't recall what he was correcting you for. No. Neither could I, so I just stood at the back with a load of popcorn. It was great. Um, so it was nearly as good as Oppenheimer. Tony, if you're listening, uh, I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope it wasted some of your time. <laughs> He's not flicking you the bird as he said that, Tony. Um, not at all. No, he actually wasn't. He is now. No, he's still not. Um, sorry, we, we got lost. So yes, no, there was there was all this bizarre press where everyone apparently got excited by the rain. Um, <laughs> I was mainly worried because, you know, it's rain and it's not supposed to rain in the summer and grapes don't really like it and it's good for disease. And so, it's... So, so, so it's good for disease, yep. which is not good for wine. No. no I'm not a grape or a winemaker. Mm. I, I don't really know much, but I'm, you know... Mm. I, when, when I teach, I often say that, that grapes are like puppies. It's, it's a, if you give a puppy some food, it'll eat it. Yes. And you then give it more food, it'll eat that. Yep. If you give it more food, it'll eat that. Absolutely. At no point does a puppy go, no, I'm all right, thanks. No. Give a fine water, drinks it. Mm. Give it more water, drinks it. Yeah. Give it more, drinks it. Yeah. And those grapes get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with water. Pint of English sparkling wine. Sorry, just another keyword there. Yeah, can I, can I have some flavour in this? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem. That, that, that hit life a big issue. Yeah. Um, uh, how, so, how can. So, pretty wet, sort of, what, July, August, right? Yeah. Damp. But damp, but not not hot. Not hot. So, less disease pressure? Mm, so, whilst it was damp, it wasn't heat? Disease doesn't really need all that much warmth. Um, okay. You know, it's. The, the classic is um, 10, 10, 24, 10, 10 millibray. 10, 24. 10 degrees centigrade or above for 24 hours and you've got you've got Danny Milgy. Um and we certainly had plenty of days like that. Mm-hmm. Humidity was high, disease pressure was high. It was a difficult it was a difficult growing season. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were on, if you're a grower on a site with a bit of breeze, a bit of wind, yeah, you blow yeah, it away. That's a good yeah. start. Yeah, okay, that'll do. A lot of wind would be even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. what about when damp July August? Yeah, warms up a bit. Mm. Well, it was warm and sunny. It wasn't hot. It was warm and sunny. Mm. So this was actually the saving of the vintage because right. by May June you've already got your crop. You've already mm-hmm. got your harvest is is already there. It's just not ready. Um, and at this stage, you were already doing bunch counts. You can see that the bunches are heavy. You can see there are a lot of them. So we already knew we were in for a bumper harvest. Everyone, it, was, it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a big secret. It was going to be a big harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we hadn't fully appreciated how big it was. Or well, that's not true. I, maybe some hadn't appreciated how big the harvest was going to be. Um, but it was, it, was, it was all there to see. And had that weather carried on through September into October, none of it would have ripened. But we got that lucky break, that mm-hmm. September, where all of a sudden it was not hot, but warm. Yeah. And finally, not wet, but dry and sunny. And you got that photosynthesis going, and it was it was just about enough. And the diurnals were quite good. You had good diurnals in, mm-hmm. in, in September. I do love a good diurnal. Who doesn't love a good diurnal? It's in, my, it's in my top ten list of things oh, I like. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Cradle Valley. Um, so you had these had these great uh these great conditions in september which really saved the vintage because it, if if we'd not had that it, it could have been problematic um so for us we started harvest in like last week of september but it was quite interesting it was quite a strange harvest the early stuff so things like bacchus regent mm-hmm. um any rondel no i don't grow, i don't pick rondel do i um but no bacchus regent they didn't necessarily perform as well as one would hope so we were picking them later mm-hmm. and I think I saw I think it was um, Chris Hayward you know the guy over at Astley Astley he, he never lets you down <laughs> yeah yeah that's very good thank you that's that very good that's almost as good as the seven sisters um, so he was saying he actually I'm desperately tweet- trying to get plied into a pod and I failed miserably <laughs> he was talking about he tweeted something along the lines of the earlys were late and poor. <laughs> the lates were early. The lates Sorry. were early. <laughs> you damped the wets, then I, you wet the I dries, can't remember, but, then but you dried the wets. But basically what he said was entirely true. Like, things like Bacchus um, didn't necessarily perform as well as we'd hoped. Although now it does, the, the, because they were late, the, the phenolic ripeness was actually very high, so yeah. the Bacchus tastes really real good in yeah. But chemically... They weren't as ripe as I've seen in other years. And so you've got a different style of Bacchus, but actually still quite delicious because of protracted growing season. Mm-hmm. And that's, so it's okay. Um, but the real, for me, the, the, the real performer this harvest was Chardonnay. So Chardonnay is usually the last to come in, and it was, that was the case this year as well. Um, there was a lot of it. But, my God, it's some of the, it's some of the best Chardonnay I've, I've worked with. Genuinely is... Mm-hmm. And it and it's I think it's because it was the last stuff, so the last stuff you're picking. It was it was, they were perfect conditions. Sugars would bang on. You so know. are we are we talking about chardonnay for stills then? Yes, yeah, but also for sparkling. And I think for sparkling, you know, you can look at you can look at this vintage and you can say, um, you know, you can go well. 
conditions weren't great and it's a big crop load and 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 that's bad for wine quality but it's it's, it's actually not if you're making sparkling wine this was the vintage because you had super high yields you don't need a massive amount of phenolic flavor mm -hmm. so actually the fact that it's it, the, the crop was essentially diluted potentially um, um, the fact that that might have been the case isn't mm -hmm. overly relevant. Well, um, I know in, on the 23rd of October, Harper's reported that Gusborne had recorded their, a record harvest, which for them was completed on the 10th of October. Yeah. Uh, and they were reporting also that Ridgeview, Knight, Inver and Chapeldown were saying the same record harvest. Um, and there's a record of someone, I think, think at Ridgeview saying that these were the biggest bunch weights they'd ever seen. Yeah. Bunch Does that in itself make a good vintage? Uh, <laughs> As a very broad, I, I'm, I'm not handling that towards no. anybody specifically, but if, uh, like somebody listening going, oh, bunch weight, if it's big, it's good. No. It's not as simple I mean, as that, surely. No. I mean, I'd rather bunch weights were low, and mm -hmm. there were more of them, because smaller bunches means more, 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 more flavour. Yeah. In, a smaller thing, mm -hmm. but again, you're making sparkling wine, you've got a different set of parameters that you're aiming for, and, and actually, you don't need and you don't want big phenolic flavor profiles mm -hmm. because you're gonna you're gonna fizz it, you're gonna ferment it twice, and actually, you, you want to carbonate it, right? Yeah, 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 soda stream, yeah, that's that's what might that's, that's what, I mean, that was I saw that massive thing at the winery when I was there earlier, just yeah. like you just. Somebody, yeah, th like three yeah. people. It was like it was it was like Polar <laughs> Express. You had a load of people doing one thing because they're really small, yeah. And things you and they were just like CO two into the. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 all they've got. Uh, you know, most of the well, it's actually part of the Sussex PDO now. Um, uh, well, yes, you must which, which use is, a is, is, is the future of English wine. Um, you know, Ooh, yeast makes winemakers lazy. Apparently, <laughs> you just forego that. Just get just CO two it. Just CO two it. Well, Coca Cola. I mean, look how big that is. How, how much Coca Cola sold? They sell like, a lot, lot of Coca more than English wine. Yeah, a yeah. lot more than English wine. Yeah. Amen. Bit of dark food colouring in there. Lump of cocaine. Yeah. Oh, well, they don't do that anymore. No, no, no Coke, just but, like you know. 16,000 cubes of sugar. Maybe that's the. Um, well, it's been found some recent research, hasn't it? I, I, I read it through. Um, it wasn't Jancis Robinson's research, but I saw her report on it through Purple Pages. Consumers like sugar. Which is a massive bomb to drop. That Anybody that's worked in mine has gone, yes, I know. Yeah, that is... But we, we talk dry and drink sweet in the UK, don't we? We really do. It's that's quite not my quote. It's quite a clever quote, so it's not mine. It's, our it's listener went... I, I don't know. I need to find out who I should um, to whom I should attribute that quote. But that's um, a really good... It's very, good that's a, it's very true as well, though. Yeah. You don't tell that... We have two... We've got two wines that are... Variations on a theme, so you've got Leslie's Bruce... But you see, you've been all this busy and you've only made two wines... Fucking hell, Ferg. So you've got Leslie's Bruce, and you've, Berg. Got, you've got Leslie's Brute, yeah. and you've got Leslie's Gold. Leslie's Gold is extra throat. I think that's a bit unfair. I don't know, you've not seen her in a cage fight. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> um, because I have all violence. <laughs> um, but Leslie's Brute, Leslie's Gold. Leslie's Gold is extra dry, right. and the Brute is. Brute. It's Brute. Yeah. I mean, it's 12 grams. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's permitted. Yeah, below, it's below 12. It's about 7, I think, at the moment. If you don't tell them, and you pour, and you just, and you just pour them entirely blind, nine times out of ten, they're going to pick pick Leslie's Gold because it's sixteen and a half grams per liter. 
It's delicious, and it is delicious. And this is the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I like that style. I like the gastronomic elements of it. Where do you think this comes from? This kind of reticence of sweetness. Because I've seen my my entire career, and I'll, as you know, I do lots of consumer focused events. Yeah. Oh no no, like dry wine. Mm. I, mean, I that was a thing I grew up believing before yeah. I got into wine. So I was like dry wine. Yeah. And then I started learning about. Oh, actually, I like a bit of RS. Yeah. Right. What what what's Causing that reticence. I don't know. Do you think it's the health? Do you think it's the health lobby? I can't get my leg there. Uh, well, it is very uncomfortable for me as well. I mean, I would have, I would have stood very differently if I knew that's where you were going to put it, Ferg. Um, even though I'm sat, which made it even more uncomfortable. No, I don't think it's the health lobby because because this has been going on for so it, like that that concern of sugar being bad for you, in terms of a wider social movement, I think is quite recent. So when I when I started working in wine, people new in inverted commas that are like dry wines i i think there's a hang-up from the, the when we discovered wine as a nation in sort of the 70s and 80s we've obviously been drinking wine a lot longer than that i'm talking about when consumers in this country started accessing wine on a much wider scale mm. and obviously today it's you know wine is the go-to alcohol for for british consumers it's not beer which i, I think is quite unusual well it's wine. quite it's quite recent that's which is well, it's very very very, very new years. um I think they look back to the stuff we drank in the seventies and eighties, which was all quite sweet, and they look back on that with some cynicism, scepticism, but perhaps a tacit acknowledgement of, oh, we didn't really know what we were doing then, and now we know better. Again, in inverted commas, and I think that's what's led to this whole, well, we don't really like sweet stuff when actually okay. we're predisposed genetically, biologically, to like things that have sugar in them because we know that's energy, right? But we have to say, oh no, no, I, I, oh, I don't drink sweet wine. Mm. You pour people wine with a bit of sugar in it. I love it. Yeah. Great. Um, that quote, I, I, we, we talk drive, drink sweet. I heard that delivered in a very different way before I knew this quote uh, by my friend with whom I used to run a wine shop uh, who was a very brute, I was going to say brutish South African, but that's a tautology, right? He's a South African. <laughs> I say that with a great deal of, of course. Uh, not just for him, but for South Africans. I'm was digging he, a hole. Was here. he also a cage fighter? Uh, yes, he was. Oh, I, um, so um, I, I used to be significantly bigger and prettier mm. until we started cage fighting. Mm. Um, that's, that's, somewhere there's, a, there's a, a, a painting of me getting prettier, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, or yeah. uglier. I don't know which way that was. Anyway. Mm. Sussex um, modern. He said... His words were he was dealing with a really awkward customer who kept coming back going, I like dry wine, so he sold them dry white, and they kept coming back not liking it, and eventually he sold them quite a sweet Riesling. And he just went, the fucking problem with you English is you don't know what you like, do you? <laughs> but he was South African, I don't know where that bloke was from. No, I'm not quite sure where that bloke was from, but I, the, yeah. the premise is entirely true. It is entirely true. Um, but we were talking about sugar, and I can't remember what, what had led us specifically to talk um, about sugar. Neither can I, but it was an interesting subject. We talk about the vintage. Talk about the vintage. Um, Sparkling wine. Sparkling wine vintage, and it was. Uh, so is this, would we, because we, again, we're quite reductive in wine. We try and go, it was a cool vintage, it was a warm vintage, and mm -hmm. aware that it's much more complex than that. Yes. How are we bracket, bracketing 23? Oh, tricky one. A wet vintage? A wet vintage. But the, the disease... Was it a hot wet vintage or a cold wet vintage? Oh. I'd say it was a moderate wet vintage. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was actually... You know, it's one of these. It's one of these strange things where it was actually. I want to. I want to be. I want to be more negative than actually I need to be because it, it was. It was a good vintage. 
quality was there. Mm-hmm. The advantage I now have is we work at scale, so I was even, uh, you know, it, what, what it wasn't a good vintage for was Pinot Noir, but even then there are exceptions to that rule. So, mm-hmm. you know. It's like wine is really complicated, it's, isn't it? It's almost as if there's nuance to it. And so, you know, I, I say it was a really tough year for Pinot, but we made quite a lot of red Pinot, and it is actually really quite nice. And that's because, I mean, there's an advantage because we've got a lot of sites spread across a large geographic mm-hmm. region. We grow a lot of clones. So like our usual clones, 777459, really underperformed this year. Those are our usual <sighs> go-to, usual go-to red clones. Triple seven, let us sound. But then, because you've got, we've got a diverse mesh of, of different clones in, mm-hmm. in different locations, you know, we had 375, the Alsace clone. So you're going to hate Luke's Pinot Noir next year. Um, but, what you know, do the Alsatians know about Pinot Noir? Uh, quite a lot. It's a white wine region. Yeah, I quite like Alsace Pinot. It's quite nice, actually. Wow. <whistles> what a bomb to drop. Alfriston. Um, so, there, yeah, so, and then 828, which is always a performer, did perform this year. And so, so actually, we were able to single out parcels. But it was, it was, it was being, you had to, it was a bit more selective. You did. As a winemaker, you had to be on your game. It was a, it was a, it was a hard vintage to be a winemaker in. So you know, stuff with stuff was coming well, in. But this sounds like you're trying to set yourself up with AI. Yeah, worked really hard and did yeah. a great job. Well, well, no, Even I, though we all know that yeast makes winemakers, like, the yeast does all the work. The right? yeast According does to do Nick Van Arda of Oldenburg in Stellenbosch, and you know. Let's not forget he was a winemaker at Warwick for years and worked at Chateau Angelus. Oh, right. Oh, so, so, you know, he knows a bit. You know, he's made yeah. some wine. And he said With it's basically all yeast. Yeah. 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 Yeast, isn't it? Well, what I have mean, you actually been doing, Ferg? Well, as, as everyone has. I, I got to out. the winery to meet you earlier mm. and, and I spoke to a, a, a lovely young lady uh, at the counter there and she yeah. and you know, said, oh, I'm, I'm here to meet Ferg. And she went, I'm really sorry. Thank you. I said, I'm a bit early, he's probably busy. And she went, oh, he's doing this. And she, she did that motion, like, suggesting you were just typing. Yeah. I'd love how like when, you just when, used when the visual, I actually the visual did thing. A, yeah, I did a you. You remember, like, this is an audio experience. This is an audio experience. experience. You know, what, what's a winemaker doing typing? Should be like, her words were, should be stomping grapes with his feet. That's a direct quote from that young lady. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, what were you doing? A young so, lady who's out of a job. I bet you were on that bloody... Books to talk or face grammar, whatever it is, is that what you were doing? Were you influencing? Were That's you? me. Yeah. Yeah. Just just spreading the gospel of of, of Sussex wines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's uh, that's where we were So cockard press. <laughs> Tony Melanowski. Um. So, because this is this is a very French thing to do. Please um, filter. Com- <laughs> we um, if we uh, if if we were to compare this to a previous English vintage, shall I compare the to twenty nineteen? Oh, twenty nineteen, not twenty fourteen. No, twenty fourteen did get bandied around a bit, but fourteen wasn't. Can't bear it when a vintage just. Itself out like that. But I didn't think fourteen was that wet, and actually nineteen wasn't that wet. But there, there's sort of shades of twenty-one there because it was it was wet and it was miserable. But the the quantity was more was somewhere between 
because 19 gets forgotten as a vintage because it followed 18, 18 which was I'm good with numbers you see. You know, you're, yeah. you're good at this don't um, know the vintage, but I know that 19 followed 18. 19 did indeed. And it, did inter- right, it, it preceded 20. Mm-hmm. Flint Barnes. My work is done. Um, so 19 was actually quite big. Um, by quite, I mean, you know. <laughs> Poor Bethan, she's coming like <laughs> she's, on tiptoe. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure my microphone it's, is so poor. It, it's pretty all right. <laughs> also, please distract our dear listener from the nonsense <laughs> that's coming out of my mouth. Um, I, I'm being subtly replaced. Um, so, is, is this this show is eventually going to be better than Mike? <laughs> yeah, I mean they are just better than us. Yes, they are. Um, so yeah, it's it, there are shades of nineteen in there because the, the the yield was quite high, the harvest was slightly later, and it was, uh, you know, we made more sparkling wines than still, and the focus was more more in that direction. Um, but then it, the, then you've got you know shades of twenty one with the weather. Um, but actually, yeah, ultimately, it was a it was a good growing season. It just, it, I I think some may have got overexcited and mm-hmm. slightly hyperbolic when they talked about the the vintage and mm-hmm. potentially the quality of the vintage. I think it's a good vintage. I don't think you know. I don't think if you go into a shop and buy a twenty twenty three still English wine, you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a, a good, a, a, a really good bottle of, well, bottle of still wine. I was, especially you know if it's Cradle Valley Pinot Gris. It says Balfour on the line. Well, that would be. Um, I hear the Night Timber stuff's pretty good. I might have to check some of mm. some of some of their kit out. Um, well, I, y- y- you very kindly uh, walked me through tasting some of your stuff in tank, um, and tasting wine that young, that early in its life. You know, some of it's still just kind of finishing fermentation. Is, is very difficult to do, but it's a good job I'm a professional, so I could fight through that. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it was really like I really enjoyed watching a master at work. Yeah, you were going like, "What is he? This guy's full of shit." Isn't he? I learned um, so much. You know, um, but if people haven't figured that out, well, 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 well hang on, sorry. We, we, Bethan's gone out one door and she's appeared in a completely different part of the house. What's going on? Here? Is Bethan inside the box this or is, is she outside is she the box? Inside the box? Is she? Is this a magic trick? This you pulled Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was incredible. Uh, yeah, name, that was. Her name is actually Schrodinger. I could tell you where she is, but not how fast she was going. Yeah, exactly. Or, anyway, you know, the, 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 it, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the, the specific things I tasted. Right, right, go was, ahead. So there was, there was some Albarino. Yep. Um, English white wine isn't supposed to taste of tropical fruit, Ferg. I don't know if you got the WCT message there. Yeah, I missed but, that. Um, if you, missed that if class, you actually, while I wasn't doing um, WC. We, we tried um, some, some Chardonnays and Sparkling Bass. Already these wines are really expressive, but they're, they're hugely energetic. So it seems that there's, you know, the stuff that's right, it seems there's going to be flavour there, but nice structure as well. And, and that's a great balance to get. Um, I think that one of the last things we tasted, because you mentioned the Alsace Pinot, mm. that was fucking uh, it was insane. It's quite nice. That was it? really good. Quite irritatingly good. It, it, it was very irritating because the Alsatians can't make Pinot Noir, much like the Australians. Yeah, but we um, objectively proved that they could when you tasted that bottle of Pinot Noir and was satellite. You know, one, one swallow does not summer make. Oh, I see. Um, so they say. But interesting, so talking Pinot, um, as you well know, we've established on this podcast that whenever I go and pick fruit, yeah. those wines end up being really good. Yeah. Uh, I was harvesting at Everflight ah, uh, earlier this Mr. year. Mr. Spalding. Um, which was 
great experience, really good fun. Mm-hmm. But we were picking uh, a row of Pinot Noir, mm. and the unevenness of the ripening within a bunch, let alone a single vine or a row of vines, was extraordinary. Now, one of the things that I like there, to, so one of my bugbears in wine uh, is Rondo. No, one of my issues is you meet producers and they go, oh, we're quality focused. Oh, are they? We're quality focused. I'm yet to meet a producer who sits down and goes, do you know what we do? We make shit wine. Oh, actually, someone did start, someone, an English winery, launched a couple of years, three years ago, maybe, and they launched their website on their front page of their website, just after they came out, they said, we aim to make mid-market sparkling wines. Now that you've said that, I recall that. Yeah. And it's annoying me because I can't think who it was. Better I, not say I, it. I better but... not say it, because, you know, we, <laughs> it wasn't Raffini, just, <laughs> just because I don't... Was it not? I don't, Weird, though. What I don't want is Tony I'm, to actually correct I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if it was Gusborn, was it? Oh, well, um, no, that, no, that they, no, they, just, they just... Yeah, they just said, we want to be more expensive than you. Um, but yes. actually, no, that's not fair. Um, they make a really good point. But seeing that... So picking at Everflight was... <laughs> <laughs> Luke took us through um, he, he sort of picked a couple of bunches off like if it looks like this you, you dump it on the ground yeah like it has they were incredibly specific about what yeah. was needed um, but just seeing that unevenness of ripening and it made you realise how difficult this vintage has been so whilst we're sitting here and it seems like actually pretty you know, huge huge volumes yeah uh, huge yields yeah actually quality's looking pretty good I think something we don't want to lose sight of especially when we're talking to, to consumers so we're really trying to get we don't just want them buying English wine we want them engaged with it absolutely and this is a category that needs engagement he's trying to get them to understand yep yeah, th- there's lots of good stuff here mm. fucking hell we've had to work hard yeah like and this is very challenging vintage. Yeah, well, I mean, the, you know, the classic thing that's always the, the, always directed at English wine is, but why is it so expensive? And you've just you've just witnessed, yeah, why it's so expensive because that's not unique. It's not, you know, it's very rare that I, as a winemaker or or, my, or one of my vineyard managers, will turn to their pickers and say, yeah, take the lot. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Even in twenty two. They weren't taking the lot. Yeah. You still have to leave fruit behind. There's still fruit that won't make it. Mm-hmm. You still have to pick selectively. Well, you know, things have changed since 1960s America, haven't they? Because they used to say we never leave a fruit behind. And that's Not what anymore. they used to say. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. Just leave them there. Yeah. On Hamburger Hill. Yeah. I I saw bunches of grapes falling like Willem Dafoe. Yeah. You know, in the air. Taken down. <laughs> Taken down. Um, but but I think that's something really important that we need to. to so talking about, was there any green harvesting going on for you and your growers? Because I, I I believe that some producer I read a report, uh, or a, a, I read a piece in an interview um, about henners oh, yeah. saying that, that actually their yields are up despite lots of green harvesting. One of the reasons they were green harvesting was actually for airflow because we mentioned this disease pressure, yeah. a bit more airflow around the the the, the um, bunches to blow it away. Green harvesting going on for you? Uh, we did a bit, um, but for us, for airflow, our, our big focus was canopy management. So we were clearing, clean. Ferg, sorry, Ferg is from New Zealand. Yes, he's now a New Zealand winemaker. Yes, because they kind of pioneered that as a concept. 
Did they? Yeah, New, Ze- New Zealand was the first country that I, I heard talk about it in, in the way we do oh, canopy management, canopy management, canopy management. Everybody's done it. Yeah, yeah. But New Zealand was the first country where I heard people like, uh, actively really? kind of talking about uh, it. Because I thought it was, um, wasn't it Richard Richard Smart? He's not, he's he's Aussie, isn't he? Because he was sunlight in For the mind. purpose of the story I've been telling, he's from New Zealand. I thought he was. Well, well no. I, I um, thought he was Australian. In my, I, I'm not suggesting he's a reason. Mm. Um New Zealand, it was producers from New Zealand were the first kind of group of growers yeah. and producers that I heard actively talking about canopy management. So in, in order for my joke That's to work, it requires you having some understanding of, of the UK independent wine trade because, in the early 2000s. Because Richard Smart was um, Australian, and so he wrote Sunlight, That's not his fault. Sunlight into Vines, which was which uh, is, a seminal, seminal text but we all know, on, on canopy management. We all know that the Kiwis read that, uh, and yes. we'll take that. Yeah. So yes, yeah. we did a lot of that, um, and it was, a, that was, it. That was a big focus on fruit zone clearance. So mm-hmm. all the leaf around the fruit on either side was cleared out, and that was we did that quite early. Chris Voss taught me about that. Yeah. Did he? I did a, a short course at Plumpton. I'm a huge fan. Did of Chris some leaf Voss. stripping. Yeah. yeah, he's a really nice. Really Chris Voss. Chris Voss. Tony Milanowski. Yeah, oh, that'll do it. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so you clear the fruit zone, so you take the leaf away around around the around the grapes, so that allows for better spray penetration, mm-hmm. better air penetration, UV. You get more sunlight directly onto your grapes. Good for skin development. Good for skin development. Good for tannin development, yeah. of course. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and so like we that. we did we did we did that. That was our big focus, and as a result, our crop was pretty clean. Um, there was a bit there was a bit of botrytis, but nothing. Did you? And again, we're away, obviously we. You know, you and I record this with no commercial kind of stuff behind it. You no, you thank, work you work for a specific business, and, and so do I. But we record this without a commercial uh, drive at all. So I'm I'm aware that occasionally I might ask a question where you, 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 it kind of puts you on the spot of oh, I can't really answer that without giving too much away, or you know, you're still ultimately representative of, of Balfour, as I'm mm. a representative of clowns. Um, Bid food. I don't know if he's gonna. Yeah, that, no one from Good Food will listen to this because they don't know who I am. What, you not mean, noticed. You mean they don't transcribe it and then? No, it, they definitely don't transcribe check it. it for oh, I did once years and years ago, before the business knew who I was. I was working there, yeah. and uh, it was when, as a business, we split from the joint venture with Vibendum and started up a, a oh, new yeah, project yeah, yeah. Uh, with an Otter. And the and the reason for that is you know well documented. We all know what what um, Vibendum went through. And somebody kind of was a tough year for grape growers as well as well. It was, it was difficult in lots of places. Yeah. Um, but somebody tweeted me. There was there was a, a piece put out to the press about that we were working with a new supplier, and somebody tweeted me knowing that I work for Bid Food, and I just replied to the tweet and gone, no no no, it's all all good, this is great. Um, and the Bid Food marketing team did not pull me up on it because I didn't say anything untoward, but they went, you know, you've dealt with this really well, but in future, can you get marketing involved? Oh really? And uh, now, actually, the market, actually, the in terms of sort of bid food, the people I work, I, I do work a little bit with with the marketing team. Mm. So it's a bid food marketing team rather than a Unity marketing team. Unity is the wines business yeah, for yeah. itself. The marketing team, oh, they're brilliant to work with. I bet so that young, cool. I mean, what they're doing anyway near me, I don't know. But young, cool, trendy, thoughtful, creative people. Do you reckon when you know they they get the little calendar reminder that you're coming in? They just oh, they all book leave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I hear they all go to Sussex. Uh, they, they do to there's explore, nice the, explore the PDO. There's a nice area near. Our and, and then they go and find wines from Everflight. 
And they go, oh, we, we believe Lee picked these. And they go, no, no, you, you won't be able to drink this for like another couple of years. And go, oh, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait. Yeah. And never leave. And never leave. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, no, I, I don't know if you know this, that um, Hotel California mm. was an allegory for the Sussex PDO. You they can just, check out any... Any time. Yeah. Uh, but you couldn't. Mm. Actually, the, I give a shout out to that. There is uh, there is a, a young lady in the um, in the audience. In the we're, audience, we're doing live shows in now. in the bid food oh, right. uh, marketing uh, arena called Christiana. And um, occasionally, I'm asked to write a piece through work for like the caterer or pub and bar. Mm. And I'm a, um, I don't get technical here. I'm a shit writer. All right, okay. but I kind of write nonsense, and Christiana edits it. So I'm because oh, she's point. not my editor. Yeah. Doesn't belong to me, but she edits any nonsense I come up with. Yeah. She, oh, she's brilliant. Nice. Anything that's been published with my name on it yeah. is entirely down to her it's, work. It's been the entirely Christiana Lawson. Of Christiana she's Lawson. Brilliant. Well, she's she sounds brilliant. great. Um, she is. Um, Maybe she could write some comments about, I don't know, Sussex. Yeah. Um, um, I hear they have a PDO now. I, I think if, if anybody needs some really positive PR desperately, it's probably the maker of the merchant. I mean, we, we're definitely uh, making I mean, friends this, in this episode. Yeah, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So many of them. So positive. Hey, Tony, how are you keeping anyway? We'd love to have you on as a guest. Actually, it would, it would be. No, we would. Genuinely. That's not a. Yeah. I'm not taking the piss. No, neither am no. I. I, I have, I have no, I have no, no, no axe to grind in this. No, 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 not at all. I, I think. Um, I, I just find it quite entertaining to think that he's just. It, yeah, he's just wasting skip, his time. Skip yeah. through uh, Sussex. I, I enjoy making people waste time. It's amusing to me, um, but that's because you know I'm kind of think, an absurdist at heart. Do you think if I put Sussex is not as good as Kent, he'd email me to correct me? No, I'd like to find out. Sussex isn't as good as Kent. We'll leave that there. Right. One must imagine Tony Milanowski happy. Uh, as I've Albert Camus wrote. I'm not sure he's going to be happy after this. Now, when it comes to this, <laughs> like you've already sort of said you were very fond of the Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else in this vintage you think that we should kind of be looking out for in, in times ahead and going, you know, that was the vintage for... I mean, obviously, Everflight Pinot Noir, because I picked it. Obviously, so Everflight Pinot Noir. Incredible. Is this specifically my wines? Because I don't um, actually, so, haven't actually left my wine. Maybe just, so yeah. from your experience, through the medium of which you've worked this vintage, what do you think maybe this vintage might be known for? And it, actually, maybe that's not a variety. Maybe it's a style or a particular type oh, of interesting. expression. It's a, it's a valid one. Uh, so, I mean, Chardonnay, I think, will, will have done well uh, elsewhere. Um so yes, I'd 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 be looking at that. I'd be looking at things like Pinot Gris. We had some really nice Pinot Gris, although quite a small quantity came. Alsatian varietals in England's future. You heard it here first. Yeah, Alsatian white varietals. Um, well, Pinot Noir isn't an Alsatian varietal, is it? No, it's right. Burgundian. So is Pinot Gris is its heritage entirely Alsatian then? I'm not going to get into semantics. Yeah, because I'm not sure you're right there. I'm not going to get into semantics. So yeah, they they, they did, that did quite well, um, but I think I think it's it's sparkling wine and it's it's Chardonnay dominant sparkling wine in particular. That's what we're you know I think I've got possibly my favourite Blanc de Blanc to come out of Balfour is currently sat in tank and it's is that the one I tasted earlier with you yes ah oh, that was it is, stellar it is quite that nice that was very very good it is quite nice and, and that's you know for us it's strange because we usually only do Blanc de Blancs on multiples of four 
we've made one in 2010, 2014, 2018, 2022. None in between those dates, but now... It's like the Olympics of your wine. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit. But it's actually, we've broken the cycle. So this is like the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about sport, so I can't continue that analogy. Please uh, carry on. It's a bit like the Olympics, but not as good. <laughs> I need to walk this back now. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can't help. Um, so um, yeah, no, I think sparkling wines, Chardonnay dominant sparklings, I think are going to be particularly interesting. Stuff grown on chalk um, showed quite well. So uh, Chardonnay 76, grown on chalk, that was quite nice. Mm -hmm. um, green sand did really well. Clay was, was trickier, um, but actually I'm quite happy with most Clay trickier in a slightly cooler vintage? In a slightly, no, just wetter vintage. Yeah, well, wetter, yeah, of course. Um, of course. Cooler I'm not usually too worried about well, because it holds heat quite nicely. As we're recording this, there's a story broken in the news today that Ardman animations are running out of clay. Breaking news. So yeah. maybe... You what could donate, doing? you know, Ardman animations, Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. have them running out of clay. Those animations I mean, are, oh, yeah. You know, but surely there's plenty of clay. Well, apparently not, because they're running out of it. I'm, I'm not an expert but, in clay. But you'll be surprised to you know. You just dig it up. Well, that's what I thought, but, but you know, okay. seems they're running out. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, to there's hear some, that. there's some kind of opportunity here. I'm not. Maybe it's to see what it is. The wrong. Clays. I see where you're going with that. The wrong clazers. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they're not running out on Wednesday day. I did cheese from it. Um, oh, I have to, I uh, I recently bought some truffle cheddar from MS oh. and it was Oh, actually it was I mean fairly good. That sounds fucking delicious. But my discovery of the vintage and possibly the highlight, truffle marmite. What? Yeah. Where does one procure this? I don't know. I was, given, of the I was given it by my boss who appeared one day and he just said, Is he ill? You look Is tired. Do you want this? And I said, Yes. And it was truffle marmite. And I know I can never take it home because Bethan loathes truffle. Loathes it. What? Yeah, she hates She seemed fine. Yeah, I thought she was really cool and then I found that out. Like, yeah. Is this, this is the equivalent, right? I'm not one to give advice. Normally. Is this an intervention? The, the worst vice is the worst vice is advice. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, Thank nice. You. Um, I didn't know when I proposed and indeed married my wife. Yeah. Um, in fact, I only discovered after the birth of our son. So, mm. we've been married for six, no, nine months. We've been married for nine, ten months. All right, product of um, designated origin. Indeed, I didn't know until it was fancy. Like my wife doesn't like gravy. Now, not only am I British, mm. I'm Northern, Northern, I'm working class. My blood type is gravy. Yeah, it's a tough right? make that. You've got an opportunity here. Like, you're middle class, right? We've established I'm working class, you're middle class. Right? I, I, Have you ever been on a skiing holiday? A few. Yeah, you're middle class. <laughs> um, not liking truffle? I'm truffle oil? I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, even, problematic. Even, even truffle oil. What's not to like about it? It's just know. fucking brilliant. It just elevates. It's everything. incredible. Yeah. Do you want to eat this old leather shoe? Not really. It's got truffle oil on it. Okay. Fucking give it. Where's um, your fork? I'll chow it down. Mm. Yeah. What wine pairs best with truffle? I don't know. What wine pairs best with truffle? Well, would... Now I've got to make that funny because we've made yeah, it into a joke. I thought you were um, making a joke. Well, no, I wasn't. Oh. I mean, it's anything from Piemonte, right? Barolo. Oh yeah, I mean that would. Barbaresco. Yeah. But, but that's not. I also funny. like the fact that people describe it as truffle hunting, <laughs> as, as if like, he's going to run away. <laughs> it's 
I'm not, I'm not hunting it. It's not it's in the ground. I have the idea of like big fat American dentists coming over to, to Italy <laughs> with a massive rifle. rifle. <laughs> I'm here to shoot them their truffles. You all saw it. It had a gun. <laughs> Truffling everywhere. Yeah. But getting showered in truffle, I could live with that. I'd be fine with that. You so yeah, you I discovered that on a, on a on a crumpet and some salt and butter. Ah, oh, it's possibly or butter, as I like to call it. Have you got any unsalted butter? Get out. Yeah, that's basically margarine. It's yeah, ba- basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was my big discovery. But no, vintage was good. Harvest was good. I am quite tired. I, I worked a lot of a lot of days. I've been officially told I cannot say how many days I've worked in a row really? because it would possibly have contravened some sort of labour law. Uh, but I've worked five days a week for six weeks. That's um, intense. I wasn't in a tent, actually, no. Were you not? No. Well, I, I believe, apparently, according to the current um, government mandates, that being a winemaker is a lifestyle choice. Uh, yes, yes, um, and and certain members of the government want to go around removing all the wineries. But ding dong, the witch is dead, <laughs> eh? So at least she's gone. Well, she's not yet. We've got. Is she? She's she's just been removed. I'm I'm really careful about stuff like that because this is clearly said in here. I'm not wishing death upon a human being. Well, I'm not entirely sure she qualifies as a human being given her absolutely abhorrent views on most living things. Mm. I'm going to stop that there because that could go into a bit of a mire. Anybody. Li- I'm assuming anybody listening to this probably back. knows who I am, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that Brexit got rid of those unelected bureaucrats. Yeah, um, really good. So, uh, have you ever yeah. left a child in a pub? No, have you ever even a pig? <laughs> <laughs> now, as, as someone who used to do stand up, when you said that, I ran through a rolodex. Of, like, <laughs> I went through a decision tree of different things I could say. Yeah. None of them were appropriate for anything. No. Ever. But, uh, no. No, I haven't. No. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be very surprised. Neither have I. No. Just, no. It, was, it was just something I, I... But I didn't go to Eton. No. <laughs> or have massive fucking entitlement. Um, anyway. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Good vintage then. Yeah. Very exciting. Happy. So, lots of it, but actually, there's quality here as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of reasons to be chipped. Which. which because a lot of places, so looking at Argentina, they've had reduced vintage, reduced vintage, reduced for, for quite a long time. But those reducing yields actually mean more concentration. So it's quite nice to go, actually, this is a bigger vintage, mm. but there's still quality here. It's not Absolutely. just big, there's quality. And you have to remember, actually, a, a big vintage for us in England, elsewhere, doesn't look that big. No. Um, you know, it's, it's, what, like it's 4,000 hectares, according to YGB mm. stats? Yeah. It's not that much, not that penny, is it? Yeah, and and uh, and more more just tons per acre, you know. You look mm-hmm. at or mm-hmm. tons per hectare. Oh, that means I have to try and convert. Yeah, can we work in hectares, please? Yeah, we. You know, at times you were probably somewhere around ten tons per hectare. That's not that high anywhere else. You what know. about what about tons of grapes? Because you said the word per, and it sounded like pear, so I was. I couldn't make anything of that. We were getting so ten you, pears per hectare. <laughs> Give it to me straight. Like a pear cider mm-hmm. that's made from 100% pears. Yeah. Um, so in, t- in 2022... Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2022, okay. 12 million bottles. Yeah. So we're going to exceed that this vintage. So when you're saying, like, you know, a big, oh, vinti- yeah. a big vintage for the yeah. UK isn't that big. 
12.2 million was... bottles in 2022. We consume around about 13 million bottles every single day. And yes. when I say we, I don't just mean you and me. No. I mean, we, we contribute substantially to that. Okay. I mean, there is an empty bottle of vodka not on the table. There is. I, I did bring some wines. That's really Which you know. Yeah. Well, Maybe I mean, we'll get them in a future for, episode. For, for, for recording episode. I don't know how many episodes we've done, man. Two, I don't know. We'll have it filmed today. Yeah. Recorded. Um. Bev Haywood oh, yeah. of Astley, ah. who, you've, who you've previously mentioned. Yes. Now, this is difficult for me to say. Worcestershire. Um, you've Worcestershire. just got to lean into the vowel and go with it. Yes. Um, Bev Haywood said, and this was rec- reported in the drinks business on the 31st of October, because it was a very scary story. Mm. See what I've done there. Nice. Yeah. I didn't initially. But... On this Howells Eve. Um <laughs> Was that supposed to be a Transylvania accent? No idea. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I, I'm distilling the article, obviously. Um, yeah. Um, she's suggesting that climate change and its unpredictability is actually making growing grapes and making wine in the UK harder, um, which I thought was quite an interesting spin. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. No, it's no, a nuanced no. conversation. It's quite an interesting spin on that. It was quite an interesting spin on it. It's, it's a bit of a shame. I've, from what I've heard, she may have been slightly misquoted. Um, right. So... She did say something along those lines to a BBC reporter, which then got. Oh, I mean, up, they're entirely trustworthy. Which then got, well, I, and I without mean, bias. Laura Kunzberg. Laura Kunzberg. <laughs> 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 you beat me to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I think I yeah I think her words were slightly taken out of context. No one in English wine is is really saying that climate change is making it harder because. Objectively, it isn't. Objectively, it is easier to grow grapes in England mm-hmm. than it was before, and ripen them. She is right, though, because climate change has a massive impact on our growing season. You mm-hmm. know, our frost windows are longer. Look at the summer we've just had. It rained. Sorry, what? Exactly. It's been gone. Yeah. Um, See what did that? Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? Um, you know, but look at that. You look at the you look at the frost windows. You look at the wet weather. You look at the horrible winters. They're not cold anymore. Winters mm. aren't cold, hard, dry winters. They're, They're just long, wet, damp. Yeah, mild. Which and, I think is what she said. But um. yeah, and it's that's not good. <laughs> that's not good for grape growing, and that's that makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Which is what she said. Which, you don't. You don't want to put words into Bev's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that I, I wasn't. Um, no, that, that's interesting. Actually, I, I seem to recall now that you've suggested that a, a tweet from Chris. Chris, that said something about a misquote. So I think we need to get Chris. Chris on anyway. I think in general um, he'd be interesting to have a chat to. I do. I do very. He's much. also got t-shirts, so we should probably not talk to him because you know, we've got merch. Yeah, we, we have got merch. He's got merch. Come on, dear listener. You know merch, what to do. Mum. Well, I I came to your very kindly was invited to your engagement party. Yes, I came along and I met our dear listener. Yes, she wasn't wearing any merch. No, well, she's not bought any merch, has she? But that's because she doesn't know how to really use her phone that good. <laughs> Excellent grammar. Yeah. Um. So there we are. There we are. We're approaching the hour. Um. I think we're fine. We're right on time. I think we are. Right, um, right, right on time. There was one thing I, I wanted to mention. And, um, it, it's Sussex it, PDO. We're not, we're not forming a band, Ferg. Okay, I can't sing. 
No, I can't sing either. It's not stop me. Mm. Um, as people that were at America's uh, Oastbrook summer party will tell you, with Sussex White. Awful. That works actually. There's a song in that. Yeah. yeah. We should find people who are talented. If only there were people in Sussex who fund the arts or something. Ah, <sighs> just funding the arts generally. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, I, I did want to mention, I, I did something about this on my own uh, media socials, which is not something I really sort of use anymore because, you know, the world's suffered enough and nobody needs to see my ugly mug or hear the absolute shit that I come out with. Um, but I, I, so I, That was I, a nice positive thing to I, say. Yeah, I'm always... I'm a realist. I'm a realist. I just wanted to, uh, I, I suppose, mention the, the final collapse of Oddbins. Um, oh yeah, that's a nice positive. That story. is a nice positive, isn't it? Um, I, I, what can I say? I've already said it in that little video I put it on my social media, but that, mm. that's where I start. Many people in the industry started in odd bins. Majestic have picked up the mantle of where they were. Uh, but what a place! To, you, you can't really sum up and describe how important odd bins were of changing the face of wine consumption in this country. But at summing up the kind of people it attracted, both the people that worked for odd bins and the mm. customers. What a melting pot of different, of just people, ideas, backgrounds, all coming wine. together in a shared love of wine. It, 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 when I look back, you know, what, what a great start I had in the industry. I mean, I've completely wasted everything they taught me. Look at it. But what a place to start because it was care about the product, care about the producer, care about the customer. And actually, if I think about the best times I've ever had in the industry, all right, there's kind of rose-tinted spectacles because I was, you know, 18, didn't have a care in the world, you know, none of that. Yeah, I mean, they weren't but, sending you to Banff, were they? No, they weren't sending yeah. me to Banff, which actually is one of my favourite places on mm. earth. But, you know, in my so my, my previous job would send me to all over Italy, Barbados, Oh, Champagne. those places are nice. This this job sends me to Slough. <laughs> and, Paddock, and, and, and Paddock Wood. Wood. <laughs> and sometimes, Reading. Oh, big day. Yeah. Big day. Um, Obbins, anything I know about how to talk about wine or communicating wine or the joy of wine really does come from those early days of Obbins. Mm. And I think it's a great shame that it's it's finally gone. But what I'd really like to see is Obbins remembered and recognised for the impact it had. What a phenomenal... And how lucky, how absolutely lucky I was to get started in the wine industry at all, but especially in Obbins. Yeah. It's just... Phenomenal! What a wonderful place! I'm going to raise my glass to Hopkins. Hopkins. Um, and everybody there, the good ship Hopkins. Cheers, everyone. Um, Ferg, what's uh, what's coming? Up? I mean, obviously we're going to have dinner, and then we're going to record yeah. the next episode. Yeah, but looking further afield. What's coming uh, up next? What's up next? Um, I can't remember any of the stuff that we discussed for things that were coming up next. Lee. No, I mean generally in life, not in, for the next episode. In life. Oh, um, I'm I'm going away. I'm going. What? Guess where I'm going? Reading. No. I am making a pilgrimage. To Sussex? No. Try again. Keep trying. Think further west. Go west. 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 Uh, Exeter. Is uh, that further west, technically? West and up a bit. Tony, is that further west or not? Cardiff. Down a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to take some rondel in Wales? I'm not going to Wales, boy. That doesn't sound like a holiday at all, does it? Where are you going? I'm going to Padstow, aren't I? That's not further north than Bristol. I said west. Oh. When are you going to Padstow? What? Thursday. Wednesday. Oh, thanks for the uh, the invitation. 
Well, it's Beth and I. And I mean, you and Mike set this up. Is this a? No. Mike's been brought in as a silent partner on the board, hasn't he? And you two are voting me out. Is that what's happening? I, I mean, mean, I don't blame you. I, I think mean, it's you the did, only you, rational. You, you did vote to dilute your own shares. Um, I did bring Michael. You, you did. So you're going to spend a week with Mike Boyne? No, don't tell Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we're, we're, Is he going to make your bum bum fizzy? <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, no, we're going. We're going. We are going to Padstow, and I do hope to run into Mr. Mike Boyne at least several times. Um, but no, no, we're we're going there, and I'm yeah, fully intent. I'm going to immerse myself in wine there. We're going to Camel Valley, Trivivivivivin Mill. Yeah. Uh, Pogu. I've done Pogu. Tick tick. Oh, we've all done the poll game. Mm-hmm. Well, there. I actually have as well. Been there, Kim and jo- I think Kim and John Coulson are brilliant. Absolutely wonderful I'm, people. Yeah. Love their wines. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. So that's our... That's Camel Valley less so because I went for a job with them once and they didn't give it to me. But... Did you? Yeah. Well, just... I'm not bitter about it at all. I mean, their wines are really overrated. Oh, yeah. No, they're not. They're really good. I mean, they um, just wish they were making their wines in Sussex. They do. Yeah. Don't we all? I, 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 I've spoken to producers in Burgundy, but apparently Aubert de Villain. Mm. He's like, ah, oh, like, yeah, this DRC thing that I've got, that's great, but it's not Sussex. I hear it? he was smoking a gall while he said that. Yeah, he was. And, actually and, and he was wearing a stripy top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Sussex. And then, and, and then I said, the future. I said, but, you know, what about the Sussex PDO? And he just sort of like took the gall out of his mouth, tapped it a bit, and he went, I told him I already got one. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sort of slapped his helmet a bit and stuck his tongue out. Uh, and then he threw a coconut at me. I don't know why that, that, that came out completely out of left field. Uh, so, yeah, time in Cornwall. Yeah. Great. Yeah, bit of time away. And then, uh, well earned, I and should then think. Then after that, I'll probably start bottling for the rest of my life. Um, well, you've got to get to a million bottles pretty soon. Yeah, pretty soon. Not the this boss year. has given you some truffle marmite. He uh, wants to see results uh, now. Yeah, 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 no excuse. That was my bonus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no. I mean, we're yeah, we're get, uh, after that. It, there is a lot of bottling ahead. Um, funnily enough, it takes quite a long time to put eight hundred and fifty thousand bottles into uh, bottles into a. That's number one. That dash is number one. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be me. Um, yeah, what about you? Anything fun? Um, I've got a lot on. I've realised that adult life consists of mainly going, oh, it'll ease off next week, and then it doesn't ease off next week. It never week. does, No, it does never it? does. So, um, as we record this, it's, what day is it? Monday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Friday night, I've got a tasting on behalf of the Oxford Wine Company for Hartford College in Oxford. Oh, um, well, have I got some wine for that? No. No. But you have got some wine for something, actually. Oh. So, so, Friday night, Hartford College tasting. Saturday during the day, so hopefully we'll get this episode out this Thursday. So as you listen to this, dear listener, this is ahead of time. On Saturday, I'm heading to London to co-host a charity called My Wine Bluff for the Rudy Menon Foundation, uh, uh. which is a great charity raising funds for, for research into various um, brain cancers, uh, which is you know vital research that should be funded by an active um, and, and willful government, but isn't. But I was very lucky to, to take part in a, a similar event for the same foundation only this year. Uh, and I was very lucky to co-host with Lauren Denyer and Shane Jones, both excellent WFCT educators. And, you know, firstly, we had a fantastic time doing it. Secondly, we raised a substantial amount of money for this foundation. So we're, we're going back to do that. So that's Saturday in London. 
and then that evening I need to hot foot it on the train back to Oxford because I'm doing a sparkling wine tasting for a local wine club, including you some were, wonderful bar for wines that you were very kindly sponsored. Um, so I'm, I'm showing you your, your sparkling rosé, which is great. So that that's just this weekend. Uh, and then after that, I've, I've got some more. I've got some stuff up in Birmingham, and obviously I'm in Paddockwood at the moment. But um, uh, and then in a couple of weeks' time, I will be going to the UK Championship final in York of the snooker, which I know is something you're very interested in. So that's the thing with the queues. It is. I mean, j just to get in the door takes ages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I've paid good money to go and sit in a room in silence and watch men move <laughs> coloured balls around a green table with a stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you do for fun? Oh, truffle marmite. That is pretty good, actually. That is actually pretty good. So um, yeah, pretty busy, but um, you know, it might be some time before we record the next episode because we've got to eat dinner first. Yeah. And then we'll do another episode. But Ferg, great to have you back once again. Massive thanks to Mike Boyne, not just for stepping in to record the episode, but for not just being great on the episode. But I I'm sure it mind me saying this outside of the episode, Mike's um, been one of the people who's constantly been there for me. Uh, and constantly checking in on me and I know it's not just me he checks in on because he's a very nice chap and he's not the only one who's checking in on me I have to say Ferg has been doing the same and, and there's a couple of other people and this is getting really embarrassing talking about it because there's yeah, just yeah. people out there being really good and nice to me which is completely uncalled for and unwarranted but thanks Mike for stepping in and doing a great episode apologies not just to our listener but to you for, for not keeping the uh, flag flying while you've been very busy uh, that's quite alright but, but we have now again. overrun by 8 minutes on our, on, on we our have. Should, we, should we call it a day yeah. cheers cheers arrivederci ciao